0: Amen. Amen. Well, um, this passage today, I would like to tag the truth about beauty, the truth about beauty. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, honor you, God, for the opportunity to proclaim your word before your people. It's always a humbling reality um, that you would use anyone, uh, let alone me, to proclaim your word to your people. But uh, like Paul said, we all are what we are by the grace of God. And so today, God, I stretch out my soul before you in desperate neediness uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, I just pray, Lord God, that you would fruitfully bless our time, uh, that we won't uh, get into the controversy of the passage, but get into the character of the passage uh, so that we can see what clearly you're saying to us. Lord God, for us to be able to move forward in biblical order as a church, And as a community that honors you and glorifies you, particularly in the area of the lives of our women. So let the words uh, of our mouth, uh, my mouth, and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, God. Oh, God, our strength, our redeemer, in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody agree with that saying? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want you to keep the Hill House family uh, in prayer. Uh, Brother Bazil's mom went home to be with the Lord last night. And so keep our brother, he oversees our security ministry and maintenance and facility stuff here. And uh, his wife, of course, leads our hospitality ministry. So keep them lifted up in prayer as he and his 11 siblings, uh, it's crazy. His mom had two sets of twins. I was like, dang, you know, they don't make them like that no more. You know what I'm saying? I don't meet too many people with 11 kids lately, you know. Uh, um, and so, and, and she, she, she had them on purpose. And so, uh, so uh, I'm just letting you know. So, it, it's, it's a phenomenal reality. They're from Antigua. I think I said it correctly. Antigua, Antigua, one or two. But that's where they're from. And um, keep them lifted up in prayer as they grieve and go through all of the necessary things that relate um, to grieving. So, today, um, I'm talking about the truth about beauty. And, you know, I, I know when you read this passage, I know some of y'all was like, this dude is crazy. For preaching this passage. Like, why don't you like weave around some other way? And you know, one of the things that I believe about the Bible is, um, based, based on Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 through 17, that all of it's inspired by God. And, and with that in mind, um, none of the word of God is obsolete. And, and and therefore we have to deal with every single word. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away before any slightest of the stroke of the hand in the writing of the scriptures uh will, will pass away. And so and so we want to deal faithfully with this. We want to deal faithfully with the scriptures expositionally. And and, and and so today as I dive into this, I, I just think about so many things that roll through my mind as it relates to culture and Um, um, uh, as it it relates to beauty and as as it relates to femininity. Uh, uh, This is pretty much a touchy subject these days because we're in a more expressive age, I think, than we've been in in a long time. I think the last time culture was this, you know, expressive as it relates to beauty was the 60s. Um, that was the expression age where everybody kind of was like, ah, I'm going to have me some acid and some weed and, you know what I'm saying, and, um, you know, and, and, just, and just go for hours and, you know, the sexual revolution and all different types of things that people uh, focus themselves in on. I mean, you got things like King Magazine. Um, right now, if you get on the cover, don't look and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all looking at me like, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm, I've am i never seen that before. Um, King Magazine is, is a phenomenon that has hit as of late that, uh, that, that people will call pretty much soft porn and promote beauty, if you will. I mean, you got UFC have Octagon Girls sections on their website. Um, you got XXL, um, and they got the eye candy section on their site. Don't act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. All right, y'all, real quiet. Sports Illustrated for the old heads for years was like secret porn for Christian men. You know, um, you know, it's not quite porn. You know, but it, you know, you get the. I'm just celebrating the beauty of women. I mean, God, you know, right? And, 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 and I mean, you you got that. You 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 have um, you have Jet magazine centerfold. You know, some of y'all don't know nothing about that, right? Um, you, Playboy Playmate of the Year. You got that. You got music video, video vixens. One, one of the things in recent years that, that just kind of blew my mind was Corinne Steffens kind of writing the book on confessions of a video vixen. And her, I didn't read it. I, I, I can't read it in Jesus' name. Um, um, but, but I read an article on it in Jesus' name. All right. And it was interesting to hear some of the commentary of what the book was about. Just talking about how she was uh, taken advantage of in the industry and, and being taken advantage of in the industry, she began to develop a philosophy that says, okay, since you're going to take advantage of me, then I'm going to use my uh, God-given faculties to take advantage of you and turn things on your head and use my beauty uh, to exalt and, 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 and get out of things what I want to get out of things. And that philosophy really is the bedrock for all of the new rea- uh, reality TV shows um, that, that that promote physical beauty above character being rooted and so women have a philosophy now I remember I remember back in the days, if you was a freak, you was looked at wow, now it's like, yeah, I'm a freak and I'm gonna get what I want out of it and as a matter of fact, i'm gonna use all the beauty that I got if you because you because you heard it, if you got it. Yeah, and so, and so we're in that age here, and so, but, but that's nothing new. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. And so we come here to a passage of Scripture in the pastoral epistles. We were in the pastoral epistles last time, last week when we talked about womanhood and discipleship. And so here in the book of Titus, Paul again on, uh, uh, leaves uh, uh, Timothy in uh, Ephesus, uh, one of one of the largest metropolis and probably one of the most theologically astute churches in the New Testament. If you all remember some of the background from when we went through Ephesians uh, last year or year before last, uh, when we walked through some of that reality. Um, but, but, but time would fleet me if I went through all of the background on Ephesus. But in Ephesus uh, here, we see that the church has been planted based on Acts chapter 20. God left them and said, we commend you to the grace of God. And Paul in tears begins to leave and he says, I'll never see your face again. But he said, there will be people that will come in and they will not spare the flock. They will be ravaging, ravenous wolves who will come in and try to destroy God's church. Now, Paul is writing because they didn't listen to him. And so now, in First Timothy chapter one verse three, he tells him this: uh, Timothy, I left you here just like he told Titus. I let you set, set some stuff in, 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 in order. Then he tells Timothy, he said, "The reason why I'm leaving you there is so that you may t- teach certain persons to stop uh, uh, teaching strange doctrines." Now, the, the now the strange the persons that were teaching strange doctrines were both men and women. See, most people when they read this passage, they think of it as the men as the ones that are the only teachers that are teaching strange doctrine. But exegetically, when you expand upon chapter 5 and chapter 2, you will begin to see that it's both men and women who are overtly and covertly uh, uh, expressing through both life and lips doctrines that are contrary to the gospel. And so, and so in this section, he deals just like he likes to do with the genders. Paul does a lot of specific gender ministry when he when, through the church, which I think is beautiful and great application for us. In verse 8, he begins walking the men through who are out of order. Men were literally fighting in the church, They're using their hands, busting dudes up in the face. Wrestling in the pews and carrying on, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it was craziness going on. And Paul says, what's going on? Like arguments and dudes were arguing about the law. And he said, y'all don't know anything about it. When they get mad because their genealogy ain't the same the, they fighting, right? And so Paul begins telling them to use their hands, instead of using it for dissension, use your hands for worship. And so what he begins to do is pointing the men to being leaders in worship, not just worship leaders as in the front, but worship leaders congregationally who use their hands for submission to God rather than brutalizing one another. And and, and so they were causing both verbal dissensions through tearing down uh, uh, biblical doctrines, and, and Paul focuses them back in on the gospel and the word of God. Then he goes to the women because it was interesting that women were also in the church. It wasn't just a men, it was women also doing some disruptive things. All of this is about mainly the, the Sunday morning, I mean, whenever they gathered as saints. And so the gatherings were so pervasively crazy um, that, that, that there was fighting at gatherings, arguments at gatherings, and distractions at gatherings. There were things that were distracting the people of God's ability to viably focus on what God wanted them to see as it relates to the Word of God, the gospel, and Jesus Christ. Are you checking with me? And, 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 so, and so we come here and and, and, we, and we begin seeing something powerful in this passage where Paul begins to talk to the women about their attire. It's real quiet right now. And he begins talking to them about their attire because their attire points to a doctrinal position of being strange in relationship to the gospel. And so we come here, which brings me to my one and only point today. I'm not going to get through all of this. I got like 16 pages, maybe 18 pages. I'm not going to get through all of it. I may post it online. But, um, um, I, 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 but I got a lot to say about this passage because there's so much in it that's pertinent for us. First of all, uh, number one and only point, women of God, that's women who are saved, okay, who know Jesus Christ as Savior. I don't want to assume. Women of God must root their value in Jesus. Women of God must root. Somebody say root. root. You, oh, God. Somebody say root. root. Yeah, you got to root your value in Jesus Christ, ladies. And so Paul comes here, and he says, Likewise also, women, uh, that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel. I, I like that. You, I, I, like, I like that it says re- respectable apparel. Now, now we're going to deal with several sides of things. We're going to deal with, well, no, 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 no. Let me get to that when I get to it. So the emphasis on women in this part of the passage is to help in the gatherings of the saints, which should spill over to a lifestyle, but help in the gathering of the saints, something particular, um, uh, uh, like men, to have their part and stop disrupting the church. And so when he said should adorn, this is, this is powerful terminology. Um, adorning um, points to beauty. Somebody say beauty. Now, 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 now adornment, um, in, in essence, it, it means the spiritual or moral attractiveness of a person that comes from their heart. Okay, okay. Uh, adorn is the word cosmeto. Uh, 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 the word being used here is cosmein, which means to adorn, where the, the we get our word cosmetics from. So, 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 so therefore, the, the, the fact that he's saying to adorn themselves, he's saying that, that it's okay to have physical adornment. In other words, cosmetic lookupness, all right? So you can hook your uh, a physical frame up. It's, so he, said, like, he says, I want women to look good. That's what Paul said. He said, I don't mind women looking good. That's the essence of what he's saying, okay? Now, he's saying, now let me qualify that, right? Because as he begins to qualify that, um, in in other words, respectable apparel means to have characteristics or qualities that evoke admiration and delight. Uh, uh, An expression of high regard, of honorability, um, pointing here um, to attire. So he's saying, adorn yourselves. Now, he says, this is how I want you to adorn yourselves. I want you to adorn yourselves two ways, with modesty and some self-control. Okay, okay. Modesty and self-control. Can I talk about it a little bit? Uh, you know, modesty points to, to have respect for or to stand in awe of someone. That's beautiful. That's crazy. Right? To stand in all, it, it means calling for respect in relation to restraining what you know you can do. In other words, modesty means I know I can, you know, I know I can go with it. With mine. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to have a disposition, this person of modesty, that says I am going to have a sacrificial philosophy of the way I carry myself. That, that means I know I'm busty. I got to talk real to you. I know I'm busty, but I need to put some drapes over my bustiness. Y'all real quiet right now. In, 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 other, words, in other words, Paul's asking, he said, I like it when women look good, but look good under control. Because he, he, Paul ain't calling for hominess. Like, you know, some of the old church, they used to have the women looking like, you know, I'm not going to say that group of people, but their neck all the way down, you can't, I mean, all of that, like, Paul ain't talking about that. I saw a website, where, uh, it's called modestysomething.com, and it's Modest Christian Woman. I was looking at it, and I was like, no, I don't think Paul was talking about that. I mean, I mean, it was homemade in a mug. I mean, stonewashed dresses. With, 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 with flared necks, and I mean, it was just like, wow, I don't know if he's talking about that. I mean, in, in other words, that actually overcovering can be a distraction just as undercovering can be. Are you trekking with me? in in, in, other word, in other words, not having your hair done can be a distraction. <laughs> Preach, pastor. Listen, I'm just telling you right now. Not having your hair done is ha- it is also in having. Two- I remember back in the day, I ain't dog-, dog the Baltimore chicks, you know. But back when I was in college, man, the Baltimore girls, man, they they used their hair used to go up like ten feet, and they have they have tassels, you see, pearls going through that mug, going around, and then the bamboo earrings be massive than the mug. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. He he's talking about modesty, right? And so, and, so, and so he's talking about modesty as a, and I'm going explain godliness in a second, but as a point of godliness. In other words, it's so gospel-centered to be modest. Let, let, let's, let, let, me, let me show you Christ's view. Just You don't have to turn there, but I'm a, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is Romans 15. And it says, uh, we, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Did you hear that? Right? It says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Now, this is the theological reasoning why you do that. Paul gives it right here. Uh, it, it says, for Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. It's powerful. So now we see that <clears throat> that this principle of modesty is actually fully and and superlatively, if you will, exemplified through the life of our Lord. So really modesty is, 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 I mean, when Jesus returns, he's going to be adorned a real fly. I don't know if you know that. We're going to be fly too who return with him. So it ain't that God, I mean, gear is God's creation because God's been geared up with himself for eternity. That's why he's beautiful. Why? Because beauty is rooted in who God is. Now, I know what you're looking at me saying, well, pastor, what's the meaning of beauty? I'm glad you asked. So as we go into this idea of understanding beauty, I like one of my favorite verses on beauty, if you will, because beauty and modesty go hand in hand. Because modesty doesn't mean not showing something off. Modesty just means who's being shown off in what you're wearing. And, 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 and other, in other words, are you showing you off with if you're over if you're overcovered, that means that you're trying to bring attention to the fact that you're godly. Okay? Okay? If you're undercovered, that means that you undercover. <laughs> Y'all will get that on the way home. All right. And so and so modesty in being connected to beauty is powerful. Because beauty is a a biblical expression that describes the attributes of God and is connected to the glory of God. Um, Psalm chapter 27, verse 4 says, One thing I've asked of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And check this out. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Wow. So, So God is what? Beautiful. In other words, God is eternally fine, that's what the Bible says that let's just translate it. He's eternally fine. And God, because He's so fine, He wants His attributes to be shown off. Let me go theologically to it again. Let's build the foundation. In Romans chapter 1, general revelation, even the unbeliever can see that God is beautiful. Why? Because it says His invisible attributes can be seen in what He has created. And so beauty is a biblical thing that God has created that shouldn't be corrupted, but that should be maximized and used for His glory. Beauty, beauty, beauty. So, ladies, being beautiful is what God created you for. Why? Again, Ephesians 2.10, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works beforehand that we should walk in them. What does a workmanship mean? Workmanship in the Greek means a masterpiece. In other words, God is an eternal artist, and no matter how ugly you think you are or how fine you think you are, in God's eyes, you're a creation of beauty, even though everybody may not think you're as beautiful as God does. All right? And, and, and so modesty, modesty is the magnification of God's attributes from your character expressed in what you wear that is a reflection of your character. The, are you recognizing what I'm saying? That means, that means it's okay to be stylish. It's okay to be fashionable, even trendy, just as long as it's submitted to the nature and purpose of God magnifying the glory of his attributes through you. There's nothing wrong with looking nice. And so, and, so, and, so, and so beauty, going further, the beauty of the Lord can be defined as God possessing everything in his character that is desirable. Everything that is good, one writer says, one old writer says, everything that is good and righteous has its ultimate fulfillment in God. In another place, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The desires of the human heart can only be found in the Lord and his beauty, he says. Another layout of this in which I say the beauty of the Lord means that in his nature, the Lord possesses everything that is desirable. His character is one of perfection. In other words, if we delight ourselves in Him, He promises to give us the desires of our heart, which is a reflection of His beauty. So this desire will be the Lord's desires Himself as fulfilled in the life of the believer, which is the exaltation of Himself. And really, the beauty of you is really the exaltation of the beauty of God. <laughs> and, and, and so I, because I want us to understand this in context with what Paul is saying. And so we're talking about modesty. And I'm going to give some more practical stuff cuz I emailed some sisters and I got a litany of answers. I can't even get everything out on it, right? But 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 with modesty, he says and with self-control. This is interesting. Be, because be, it, it's interesting that he says modesty should have a a level of self-control in it in relation to how you adorn yourself, okay? And so he goes and he says, the the idea of this is calling for respect and restraint in relation to one's fellow man. That means give the brothers a break. That means if you know you got a big behind. I said it because some of y'all know. Can I be real frank? Can I be franker than Frank Frank without being unbiblically frank? All right. You know, you, you can't have a thong on with low rider jeans. I'm just trying to be real, help somebody. Because when you bend over to pick up your pocketbook and you walk in front of the brother and they go, a ding you're like, wow. In the na- now, all of y'all laughing and you, go ahead and laugh. But I'm just telling you, y'all know y'all dealing with it. You bend over your low cut and everything just go, well, cow You know what I'm saying? And I'm just trying to let you know give brother, I'm just being serious, y'all can laugh, but give brothers a break. Not just here, everywhere. <laughs> you know, brother can't even worship brother. God, I'm closing my eyes right now, in Jesus' name. I ain't gonna look, I ain't gonna look, I ain't gonna look. I ain't. In other words, then listen, you gotta have some self worth But see, some of y'all have such low self-worth. That you, even though you know they shouldn't be looking, it's nothing wrong for a guy to look at someone and it's attractive. Say, oh man, that's a beautiful sister. I mean, God created attraction because he's attractive and he's attracted to himself. So attraction is eternal, okay? That's theologically eternal. The issue though is, is when the attraction is about you. Be- be- because, be- because that's why he says, let your adornment. Uh, 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 be, be careful of your adornment because your adornment should be a profession of godliness, which we're going to see in a second. In other words, there needs to be some physical commitment. And then some of y'all put on too much makeup. That, and, that, and that really, that's the sub-adornment thing. Um, too much makeup, I mean, caked on. I mean, um, okay, um. I think some, some of y'all need to go out to King of Prussia Mall, go to the counter and say, What's, what complements my complexion? Because red ain't for everybody. I mean, if you got high cheekbones. You need to highlight the high cheekbones, like you be saying. I mean, you know, the dude be saying, hey, girl, you know what? I'm going to, you know, them dudes that be doing your, I'll be watching them like, dang, he killing it, though. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, dang, he, he killing it, though. Yeah, just pastors having all kinds of brain farts this morning. Just pray for me. But I'm just saying, like, 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 like beautify yourself. But beautify yourself in a way that's holy. One one modesty um website, it's beautiful. These these ladies have an apparel website. And they they, I mean, I like the way I I I thought I had it. Tag, I don't have it in here. But it's called The What and Why of Modesty and Feminine Apparel. This is dope. It says, what is modesty? I, I like this. It says. And why is it important for the Christian woman to understand dress and behave modesty? So, 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 so the ladies in the site say, say it's not just dress, but it's also modest behavior. That means you're not a loud chick. Ha! Ha! You're so crazy! Oh, my goodness! I, I mean, it's, that's, bring it in. Bring, bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it Bring it, can I preach? Bring it in. I just want to preach like I said. Don't no dude like no loud gum popping. He only want her for one reason, temporary ones, that is. See, modesty is the voluntary personal responsibility to behave and dress in such a manner as to not purposefully draw attention to oneself to not think proudly of oneself, listen to this, and its decision to protect from purposeful or unintended enticement in appropriate ways and places. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. And, and because, because I think that's a, that's a phenomenal thing that we got to continue to work through and think through in the church. She says this is crucial for Christian women. First and foremost, because we're representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. And secondly, if we were married, we're a reflection of our husband. Sound familiar? And so, and so she says, it's crucial to pay attention to the message and signal our clothing and activities and, and, and communication are sending to make, sure the very, to make sure that the message our attire is giving is in line with the Word of God. Powerful. I know these are simple things, but they're powerful. Uh, 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 um, you know another couple of examples is licked-on jeans. That's what I call them. Jeans look like they were just licked on. I mean, I mean they skin, they skin. I mean, you shaking. You know, you like this shaking because your because your jeans so tight. Tube skirts. Real high skirts. Then when you sit down, it's like well, coach it's like, it's like the old church, you know what they used to do? Get a jacket and cover, cover, cover you up. Co- here, baby, here you go. Because mothers, the mothers used to bring extra scarves for the women. Well, you, you up here. Already you up here. I mean, you a sneeze away from nudity. I mean, right here. Right? That's you. You know, I'm just being straight up. But y'all know I'm telling it. Somebody got to say it. You need to ha- get, 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 uh, 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 give, give folk a break on that, right? And so, and so in light of this, he says, not with braided hair or gold pearls or costly attire. Now, this, this is powerful because in their day, in their day this, was, um, this was a phenomenal reality for them because in their day, back in their day when they were uh, uh, in, in the gatherings, that means that people would come in, with gear on, I'm talking about gear galore, I'm talking about, it was, I mean, literally the church here was a fashion show, I mean, literally was a phenomenal fashion show, I mean, every, I mean, because it was a show, it was showing off the, um, and again, we're not talking about looking nice, we're talking about superlative niceness, right, and so um, Paul talked about hairstyles un- undergoing a radical change and all of those type of things, but check it out, he says, however, in the, fir- in the mid-first century, women throughout the empire were copying the elaborate braided and ornamented hair hairdos of the uh, roman empresses many of whom were quite scandalous so 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 what he's saying here is not nice hairdo some of this translates in character to our day are y'all tracking with me today some of it translates in character um, be, be, because some of the things that would be a distraction to us today with a nice hairdo isn't the same as it was there because of what it culturally meant is what he's talking about. So this is not connected to having nice hair or hairdo. The, 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 uh, translat- the translational point for us, I'm saying, is the communication of dark plans that reflect dismal character. So, so in other words, so in, so in other words, does your attire culturally connect in a way that communicates a certain type of persona that is substandard to godliness? So, so that's what he's saying. He say, he's saying, in other words, comprehensively looking worldly, not just even physically worldly, but characteristically worldly, because he's talking more about see, I want you to get this. He's talking more about character here than he's talking actually about clothing. If you come away and all you get is if I change my clothes, that makes me righteous, that I'm modest in my clothing, that doesn't make you righteous. You're already righteous because you're clothed in Christ's righteousness if you believe in him by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. So I'm not trying to beat you up. Your your character is rooted in Jesus. However, as you grow in maturity, that character should show itself off in different areas of your life where you have the maturity to begin to have a wider eye to the heart of God. That's the point of what I'm saying. I'm not trying to beat up. You know, he like, he know I went. Listen, 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 listen. If you say, if you ain't got nothing else to wear, we help you out. We will help you in Jesus' name. I don't want to go to Target. I don't want to go to Wally World, Walmart. <clears throat> but y'all, but ladies, you have such a, a, a array of options. And y'all got more clothing stores than us with better prices because y'all shop more than us. So therefore it's better, 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 better options. And so and so he and so he says, "But with a proper, he said this is how you should dress, but with what is proper, for women who profess godliness with good works. That's key. Godliness with good works. Now, what, what is godliness? <clears throat> godliness is used throughout the Bible, and as a matter of fact, it's one of the climactic, climactic points of character reference in Second Peter chapter 1 around the 6th verse. Godliness is this. Godliness is that restored characteristic that reflects us being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Let me say that again, and I'm going expand upon it. Godliness is that restored characteristic that reflects us being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Okay? And... And now thereby making us capable of being authentically connected image bearers again. So now that you're saved, you have deposited in you the the image of Jesus Christ. Godliness is the growth of the reality of us being progressively uh, conformed to the image of Christ. I'll give you an example. Um, you know, you know um, um, I, I've used this example before, and I think it's a great example of sanctification. There was a sculptor that used to go here, and I saw some of his sculpting work, and I was rocked by his sculpting work. And, 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 I, and I, I said, how in the world, I, he said, I don't, I, I was like, you know, to me, one of the most powerful artists to me are sculptors. I just don't get how you can go to a rock, and you can literally chisel out something smooth out of that rock. And I said, I said, I said, how, I mean, what, do you sketch, what, how do you do, He's, you know, some guys sketch, some guys don't. But he said something powerful. He said, see, when you look at that rock, you see a rock. He said, I don't see the rock. He said, whenever I look at what I'm sculpting, I'm trying to get to what it's in there. And so the sculpture is me moving everything out the way of what I already see in that rock. So you got to recognize that's what godliness is. Godliness is God looking beyond the rock and, and, and stony edges of your persona and chiseling and getting down to the core of the image of Jesus Christ that lies inside of you. That's why 1 Peter 3.15 says, Set aside Christ as Lord in your heart. And so godliness is God progressively showing his beauty through the image of Christ, through taking you through necessary turmoil to remove the mess that's on top of the image of Jesus. That's what godliness is. And so adornment is really you moving stuff out of the way in your life because you participate in your sanctification. Sanctification is not just a sovereign act of God. It is also a participatory act of the believer um, to, to participate in God's desire to see Jesus formed in you. That's what modesty is about. That's the more you look like Jesus, ladies, the more beautiful you'll be. So he says that was professed godliness. Now, he says, now, it's interesting that he says, comma, good works with good works, because he's he's not just talking about the divine image that is set within us through Jesus Christ. Now he's saying, because we've been restored to the image that Adam and Eve lost, right? But now, guess what? Now, with godliness, with good works, now is the activity that goes along with the modesty of character should flow out works because you're accepted. So therefore, because you're accepted, you obey. Let me say that again. Because you accept it, you obey. You don't obey to get accepted. So now, when he says profess godliness, he's saying if you say you're a believer and you say you have the image of Christ in you, anything in your life that gets in the way of that should make you crumble and repent and want to deal with that particular area of your life. That's what's powerful about this. Now, from applicationally... um, some things that I wanted to get to. I'm not going to get to them. Ah. Let, let, let's go to this next part because there were some applicational points that I, I want to get to. But let, let's look at this next part of the passage. It says, let a woman, oh, this is where it gets scary, um, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. Now some of y'all are like, now what you going to say, pastor? Watch your words right now. All right? Um, <clears throat> but, but this is interesting. The word hubertasso, is a, is a word of identity. Um, it, it's, it's really a powerful word of reflection. It means to fall in line with what God ordained and created you to be. That's what submissiveness means. See, most of us think of submissiveness as just being under, which it does mean to voluntarily bring yourself under the rule of Christ. That's what submissiveness means. Now, that, and bringing yourself under the rule of Christ, it's everything that has to do with it. Because notice that Paul is dealing with hard stuff, not just attire. So attire, attire, guess what, is a reflection of your submissiveness to Jesus Christ. When he talks about women learning in quietness, it's interesting what, he, what he's talking about here. He's talking about women in this passage It doesn't mean women can't talk in the gathering. Oh, I can't say amen no more, huh, Pastor? I can't say, you know, hallelujah no more, huh? I guess I can't. That's not what he's saying. Okay, that's not what he's saying. But he's talking about the women. He's He's not talking about verbal quietness. It's an emphasis on comprehensive modesty. Do you get it? Quietness here has to do with modesty of not bringing attention to oneself. That's the point of it. So so, so, so that, that, that's the point of the passage. It's the same modesty that Jesus Christ, Jesus was very modest on the cross, going to the cross. Most modest, I mean, Jesus Christ could have, I mean, he could have been going off on people. He don't touch me no more. You touch me one more time, I'm just telling you, I'm God in the flesh. I will wipe you out. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting that 2 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses about 20th to the 23rd verse, says that when he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. But he was like a sheep being carried to the slaughter. He was quiet. Not just verbally quiet, but he had a modest disposition because he didn't see equality a thing that should be grasped. Why? Because he was already God, so he didn't try to have to be God. He let God the Father show that he's God. But his role here wasn't to show his deity, he was to die in his humanity cloaking his deity. And so why why is that so important? Because this is a deep-rooted point of what it means to be submissive and learning and quiet. Because again, these were disruptive people who were disrupting the order and flow of public gatherings of the saints. He said, I do not allow a woman or permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet or modest. So it's not talking about uh, here. It's pointing to because next in chapter three is going to talk about the role of eldership. In other words, w- the, the the office of eldership is off limits uh, to uncalled men and women. Okay, and women, not uncalled women, but just women. Period. And so what he's saying is is he's talking about doctrine setting in the church. The teaching and the primary doctrine setting and leadership and ruling in the local church is off limits here. And so he wants the women here who are acting immodestly by teaching strange doctrines and trying to uh, undercut the influence of the eldership by bringing strange theologies into the church. He's saying, He said, He said, Listen, listen, I, I don't even allow that to happen anyway. Now, that doesn't mean because Romans chapter 12 talks about exhorting one another and, and things like that. Stirring one another on to love and good deeds is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 uh, talks about. Uh, and and, and, so, and so, so there is a sense where a woman can approach a man and talk to him about but we're talking about doctrine setting in the church. Are you, are you tracking with me? Okay. Now, I know some of y'all are going to get mad and leave right now, but that's okay. It's, it's in the book. All right. This is not cultural. It's theological. How do we know that? For Adam was formed first. He used auto salutis, The I mean, auto of creation uh, uh, th- uh, here. He says, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Now, what he's pointing to here is he's, he's, he's pointing to the order of creation is the reasoning behind why he's reordering the church under the submissiveness to Jesus Christ first and foremost. Now, this is probably going to make you even madder, but i got to preach it. It says, you should uh, 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 yet she will be saved through childbearing. She's like, oh, barefoot and pregnant, huh, Paul? Um, it says, if they continue in faith and love and holiness and self-control. This is dope. Now, the word here for uh, saved is is, is the same word that's usually used of saved, but saved has three uses in the New Testament. Justification, sanctification, glorification. Here I believe is used in the sense of sanctification. Now, this this is beautiful because it talks about women taking on the role of participating in crushing the head of Satan. What do I mean by that? Go back to Genesis. In Genesis 3.15, it says, Her seed, he will bruise his heel and he will crush his head now jesus ultimately fulfilled that but but but, but what he's saying is, is you can continue in the fulfillment of genesis 3:15 ladies if you have children whether physical or spiritual children and you make disciples and raise them up to be godly in this world and it will continue to be a crushing agent under christ on the head of satan yes. that's what that means And so so he's reordering the church around seeing things from a uh, theocentric standpoint, and it's all rooted in character. Isn't that, ladies, you can participate in the continuation of the head of Satan being crushed under the rule of Jesus Christ. Every time you make, so he's saying, he's telling the ladies not to teach. He's He's right here telling them to make disciples. He's saying, who, where, and when are you teaching? And this is powerful. Take hold of it. You know, you, you ladies who, don't, I'm, I'm closing, who don't have children. I had to teach today because I wanted you to get this. Um, you, you ladies who don't have children, you can prepare yourself for that. Don't get mad. with well, the sermon all way? No. Point yourself in the direction of that. And if you don't have children yet, you can start having spiritual children by making disciples. If you do have children, make disciples of them. Don't clutter your life with your life outside of the home to the point to where your children aren't crushing the head of Satan through their walk with Jesus Christ. So I pray today, I, I, I gotta close, I'm, I'm in communion time now, but, but I, I really want us to grasp hold of the truth about beauty. There's nothing more beautiful than a woman that's all about Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, we honor you, we bless you, uh, that, that you would help us to be untainted by the world And Zoom lensed in on you, Zoom lensed in on your passions, zoomed in on your desires and passionate about your faculties to to form women in the image of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the character of so many women here. Uh, Thank you for what you're doing in women's lives. Lord, help, help there to be a deep sense of modesty among your people. That modesty that reflects the glorious beauty of Jesus Christ in every single area of life. God, we honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.